Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. I can't hear you. With the third pick. Reverse flush and ain't that a smooth one. This all goes, and I hope I have no friends. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a frosty. I want Tyler to know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his last. How dare you? and welcome to the first daily ding of 2020 happy friday morning i am jared weiss i'm joined by trayvon edwards with rob lopez making a vision board somewhere out there for the new decade so coming up on today's daily ding the raptors went extinct in south beach as everybody always does orlando lost a piece of their magic and my alex caruso for all-star jokes are finally coming true but first Michael Porter has arrived. The Nuggets beat the Pacers 124 to 116 in Indy. MPJ had 25 points in 23 minutes on 11 for 12 shooting off the bench in his hometown, playing his first game uh, at Baker's Life Fieldhouse. And that uh, he played there in fourth grade was his first game. He had his friends and family in attendance, hit a setback three that Twitter won't shut up about where the setback itself was probably even longer than the shot itself he had a turnaround rainbow floater in the paint he threw it behind the head pass to mp uh, to mason Plumley. uh just lots of filth in this game so trey is mpj already the best player in the nba uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna press on the brakes a little bit but um he is the past two games he's looked like the player that uh the nuggets drafted him to be um and with the more and more he gets comfortable in this role and Coach Malone continues to believe in him, it seems that he's cracked the rotation and he's going to continue to get more minutes. He's going to be a great asset for them to have going into the playoffs. I mean, today was a great day for Wings, who redshirted their draft year. We will get to OG in a little bit, but, you know, MPJ is already looking like the kind of fluid ball handling scoring athlete that we saw in high school. And with him finally healthy, you're just seeing kind of that bounce and that confidence really coming out of him for the first time. And it's, it's like incredible to see him doing this as, as a second year player. He looks polished as like a fourth or fifth year player would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the, the complete difference, you know, uh, I know we we get to the point of saying we want guys to leave early, but it's such an advantage of getting those reps in practice and 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 learning the game. You know, what I mean, the different change of the NBA level and with him having that gear off and becoming a basketball player and, and being able to do the things that he wanted to do. Um, it has been exceptional for him to to read and and, and make the right plays. It's funny, there was a heat check moment for him in the fourth quarter where he drove down the right seam and had this kind of like high flutter off the glass. And you could see Jamal Murray throwing his hands up like, why did you throw me the ball? It was wide open. But I mean, this was the night where MPJ just had it going. He couldn't pass it up when he had the opportunity. I mean, going 
11 for 12 from the field in 23 minutes is unbelievable, but not to be remiss, Jamal Murray had 22 points in this one, seven dimes. Jokic had a weird one. He was in foul trouble most of the night, but then he comes out in the fourth quarter. He drops 12, had a huge fourth quarter. He ends up with 22 as well, but zero assists for Jokic, which I don't know if I've ever watched him get zero assists, but the team had over 25 assists and they're now 17 and four when the Nuggets have over 25 assists a uh, quick shout out to will barton the third for 16 points 10 rebounds and five assists in this one and then gary harris who comes back after missing a couple games with the bruce shin he had 12 points and five assists but also four turnovers uh and the pacers they were shorthanded they were missing malcolm brogdon who's missed four out of the last five with the sore back and their six game home winning streak is finally snapped they've lost i think four of their last six now even though they had a season high 37 points in the first quarter, I mean, what did you see out of Indy in this one? Is there cause for concern beyond the fact that their arguably best player is injured? Uh, no, I mean, they were looking pretty good, actually. Um, it's just that the Nuggets had too much firepower and got it going. Um, Sabonis was looking good early. You know, they were moving the ball. TJ Warren was playing well, you know. Miles Turner, and even towards the end, you know, they had made some costly turnovers. The Nuggets almost let them back in the game, and, you know, they're they're not going to drop games if they have Oladipo on this team. So uh, oh, yeah. continue to just, you know, I mean, like, be optimistic, and, and kudos or a hat tip to Nate McMillan and how he's getting his team to respond and play, the, play and compete against teams like Denver. And Nate McMillan was one of the nominees for Eastern Conference Coach of the Month that came out today. Of course, it went to Coach Bud, who's only lost like five games this year. But uh, who needs Victor Oladipo when you have Jeremy Lamb, who went five for five for deep? He had 30 points. Uh, Turner and Sabonis, 21 and 18, respectively, for those guys. And Sabonis actually was one board and one assist shy of his second triple-double of the week. So great week for Sabonis. All right, let's head down to South Beach to put on your sandals because the Heat beat the Raptors 84 to 76. That's right. That's a real score in 2020, 84 to 76. Jesse Swinslow was out for his 13th straight game, and he's in his fifth season. This is a fun fact we pulled from the game recap. He has missed Miami's first game of 2016, 2017, 2018, played in 2019, but now has missed 2020's uh, annual debut. So uh, he kind of used to not having Jesse Swinslow, but they still win. They improved to 16 and one at home, obviously the best home record in the NBA. And this was, uh, it was kind of hideous, honestly. I mean, it was the fifth game in the league this year where neither team hit the 20-point mark in the first quarter. It was the second lowest scoring game entering the fourth quarter when Miami led 63-60 to going into the final frame. But whenever I host a show, I got to talk about Bam because, Trey, Bam was just phenomenal attacking in this game. Yes, Bam Adebayo, right, 15 and 14. Uh, he was getting to the rack. He was blocking shots. He's all over the place. Hashtag NBA vote Bam Adebayo as a Hell Eastern yeah. Conference All-Star Reserve. Uh, he's playing out of his mind. Um, he's actually looking better. He's one of those guys that you don't check the box score. You actually have to watch his games to see what he does. He's so important to this team's success. I actually have him over. I would take him over Andre Drummond any day. And I'll also take him over Hassan Whiteside. No, no chance. You know what I mean? The way that he moves and, and his impact on the defensive end, as well as 
being effective on the offensive end. He's a great complimentary player um, to Jimmy Butler. I'm going to assume that Whiteside comment was highly sarcastic. I mean, no, <laughs> I don't think there's any question we're taking Bam over Hassan Whiteside, the former king of South Beach. Um, but you know what I liked about him in this game was the way that he was attacking. Like he was going kind of full wing style, attacking off the dribble from the perimeter. He had one play where he drove down the middle and then just had a strong ball fake, like fake pass to the wing. And Serge Ibaka, who was the one guy in front of him underneath the rim, just completely froze and he just shook him. Like it was, it was incredible to see. It was like, I thought it was Jimmy Butler for a second out there. I couldn't believe it was the center out there. So bam, every time, you watch him he just seems to get a little bit better um and then Derek Jones Jr the man that broke the uh the offseason Dallas trade he actually had some big buckets in the fourth quarter he had a he had a three he had uh, a couple uh, moves flying down the baseline he was like what really helped Miami get some separation in this one and you know it's uh, what was amazing was that Miami's bench almost outscored the starters it was 44 for the starters 40 for the bench in this one cuz Tyler Hero had 13 points uh Derek Jones had 10 points and six boards off the bench Goran Dragic another solid game 13 points for him but let's go over to the Raptors side of the coin here you know still no Pascal Siakam Marcus Sol has been out um you know this game was just the shooting was just horrific they became the third team ever in the NBA to shoot under 15% with at least 43 point attempts. Ironically, the other two instances happened within the past year and Serge Ibaka had 19 points. Him and Kyle Lowry had 15. The only guys even over 15 in this game. You know, Toronto is clearly, I mean, they've been they've been a float tray, but they clearly just don't have the same punch that they have with those other guys out there. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to hit the panic button, but injuries suck, and it definitely plays a huge role with the Raptors' success. And I think that's the story around the NBA. I mean, guys are banged up, and it's really hard. You know, the player's biggest asset is availability. And right now, the Raptors' bench ends it that, you know what I mean, sexy enough to really kind of throw in and say, you know, patch up and, and go ahead and, and and still win ball games like how Milwaukee Bucks have been able to do and a, a few other teams. So um, hopefully they don't drop too many with Siakam out and, and other guys, you know, being in and out of the lineup to be able to sustain uh, a good enough playoff run and be effective long term. Yeah, well, hopefully those guys can get back soon because this team clearly has a potential to somehow, even after losing Kawhi, make a run. And you know what? A part of that is Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He had 13 and seven in this game coming off the bench, playing some solid defense at the rim. He's kind of turned into a solid four, kind of like hybrid big man defender uh, with this team. And then, of course, we got to shout out OG 12 points and 12 rebounds for the young blood. Clickety-clack, let's get to some news here. Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo lead the first round of NBA All-Star fan vote returns. Giannis had over a million votes. The Eastern Conference, as it stands, if the fan vote were to still count, and thank God it still does, that it doesn't anymore, but the Eastern Conference starting guards would be Trey Young and Kyrie Irving, who's been out for almost the entire year. Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Pascal Siakam, which I think most people would probably agree with, uh, for the front court, And then for the West, would be Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard, which will 
well, probably most likely be the actual starters when we get there. Uh, but the most important results coming out of this was Alex Caruso, the god, coming in at eighth among West backcourt players ahead of Devin Booker. And then the Celtics taco fall coming in seventh among East frontcourt players ahead of our boy Bam Adebayo. So taco who's played, I think, around like 25 minutes so far in his career already coming in strong tray. I love it. I mean, I think it's I think it's a great job done by the trolls. Um, to fire up those votes, you know, even though it, it's only worth 50 percent and then also it only affects the starters, even if these guys don't become starters or ever get voted in. It's always the gag to to see these guys in, in the in the conversation. And then you also see the guys that are supposed to be cream of the crop top 20 that aren't liked by overall fans, you know, like Ben Simmons, uh, Devin Booker, certain guys that just should be higher than what they are and just not really getting the love from the fans. I mean, you know, back in the day, we guys would put on uh, different campaigns to get those votes. And some guys are just too cool and try to hope that their game just does the talking for them. Um, everyone doesn't have Justin Bieber voting for him. <laughs> I mean, I do, of course, but it actually, uh, I have to correct myself there. Taco was six among frontcourt players. He's actually right below Jason Tatum, who has a legitimate shot of making the all-star team. Yeah. I'd say the, the big one that sticks out is Bradley Beal in the East is all the way down at number nine and he's averaging almost 30 points a game. I feel like he's got to be way up closer towards the top and I'm sure we'll obviously make the all-star team. And then the fans having Zach Levine at number five ahead of Ben Simmons. That was a real shocker, actually. Oh, and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think is a pretty, pretty good case to make the team, just barely made the cut at number 10 there on the guards list. Jonathan Isaac, who's really emerging as a major defensive player of the year candidate, he's going to be out for two months after being diagnosed with a knee injury. Uh, Magic president of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman, said that while this certainly is disappointing news, there was no damage to his ACL, MCL, and PCL ligaments, and you know all the CLs are fine. CL smooth is okay as well, but all signs point to a complete recovery and this should not impact his future growth so you know trey they're in the eighth seat here they're kind of hanging on by a thread and there's a good chance that they're going to make some trades to shake things up here does jonathan isaac's injury affect where this team goes do you think for the rest of the year uh yes absolutely and you know unless they make a trade and and are really serious about this which i don't think it's the orlando magic i i really don't see them trying to get really serious. And I think they, they believe in the group that they have, but they're just not that good, you know, unless they prove me wrong, which is fine. I mean, I don't know any people that are, are, are really riding hard for the magic to come in my mentions and destroy me. But um, <laughs> I honestly think that it's the, the right thing to do to evaluate uh, Jonathan Isaac's future. I mean, he's been a joy to watch and they really got something going with that kid, but as of right now, I, I think that they're going to fall out of this and somehow a random team is going to ease into the eighth spot. Yeah, and they, they seem like a team who's ripe for uh, for kind of a bit of a reset here to get some scoring talent in the draft and then build around Isaac and Bamba and maybe Aaron Gordon, although they probably should trade Gordon, but we'll see what happens here. But Karis LeVert, on the other hand, is expected to return to the lineup for the Brooklyn Nets, who definitely need him back right now. He's been out for seven weeks after having thumb surgery, but ESPN is reporting that he is expected to be back Saturday against the Toronto Raptors. The Nets lead 
beat them because they have lost five of their last six and they've been without Kyrie Irving for most of the year. And then in the other way that guys can be in or out of the lineup, we have King Center Dwayne Dedman getting fined 50K because he literally demanded a trade publicly uh, saying, I would like to be traded. I haven't been playing, so I would like to go somewhere where my talents are appreciated. This was a guy that just signed a nice lucrative three-year deal this offseason to come to Sacramento. And then those of us on Rashawn Holmes Island were delighted to see Holmes earn that starting spot that Dedman was expected to get uh, coming to join Luke Walton. So he is definitely going to be traded probably at some point. Uh, Zion Williamson practiced with the Pelicans for the first time since he underwent surgery before the season. He's not expected to return to the team during their upcoming road trip against the Lakers and the Kings. And there's no timetable yet for his return. But Sham Sharania from The Athletic reported that they're looking at a possible possible January return. So are the Pelicans finally going to be watchable again, Trey? Absolutely. As soon as he puts that jersey on a step foot on, he's, those viewers go back up. The ratings go back up. I uh, put it out there for the universe for Zion to debut at Madison Square Garden on my birthday next Friday. So I'm yeah. really, really, I got my fingers crossed right now, hoping that this happens. Uh, but if not, I do understand this young man has a lot of basketballs to still play. And of course, obviously, there's things going around that he needs to relearn how to to run and, 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 and function the right way so that he has a longer career. And I'm all for that. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll still be able to continue to do what he does. All right. Well, everybody is hyped to possibly see Zion return, especially if it could happen at MSG. That would be incredible. But speaking of returns, Darren Collison, who shocked the NBA world when he retired this offseason, is reportedly looking at the Lakers and the Clippers for a return uh, as the playoffs eventually approach later in 2020. According to ESPN, that would be a pretty interesting one. And both of those teams could definitely use them, especially L.A. Uh, but we have to get out of the news section by, of course, mentioning the passing of the legend david stern he passed away on wednesday uh, after suffering a brain hemorrhage at age 77 the outpouring of support and condolences and remembrances has been pretty remarkable there's been actually a ton of incredible coverage on the athletic i've been reading articles about him all day all week really and uh, you definitely have to check out the latest episode of hoops adjacent with david aldridge because he spoke to some of the people that wrote some of those stories sam amick ethan strauss our guy tony jones out in utah about the impact and the legacy of the legendary Stern. Let's get to the rest of the games here. The Hornets beat the Cavs 109 to 106 in Cleveland. Who cares? But we'll talk about it anyway. Terry Rozier had 30 points and six boards in this one. Actually shot 11 for 22 from the field and six for 12 from deep. Terry Rozier with a 50% night. That's a shocker. Devontae Graham at 16 points and 11 assists and the clutch three to put the Hornets ahead with 26 seconds left. He had all of his points in the second half. And then Dwayne Bacon at 15 points, completing the backcourt trifecta for the guys. Um, Marvin Williams left the game in the second half with nasal trauma which is definitely an interesting uh, injury right there. Uh, Kevin Love at 18 points, Colin Sexton, uh, Sexton at 21, Shetty Osman with a clean 17. Let's head over to Minneapolis, where the Wolves beat the, the Warriors 99-94 to 
even without Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Jeff Teague. God, I hope nobody watched this game. The Warriors didn't have D'Angelo Russell. They didn't have Willie Cauley-Stein. They didn't have Kevon Looney. We're not even sure if anyone even played in this game, but Robert Covington had 20 points and 10 boards. Shabazz Napier at 20, and Glenn Robinson the third had 16 points. The Wolves held Golden State to the lowest point total by one of their opponents in the entire season. Now, heading down to Chicago, the Jazz beat the Bulls 102 to 98, fourth straight win for Utah, and it's a 10th win in their last 12 games. Maybe Utah is not done for after all, like it is every single year where they start off slow and then they dominate in the second half of the year. Rudy Gobert at 17 and 12 in this game. Boyan, Bogdan, Boyan Bogdanovich, that's right, had 19 points and six rebounds, but had five turnovers. But credit to the Bulls, they kept it close late, despite being hit with a 24 to 4 run by Utah in the third quarter. And of course, Zach Levine had to come through with his 26 points. And Wendell Carter had 18 points and 13 rebounds. Now, let's head over to Dallas. We had Luka Doncic versus. Dazan and Musa. What a battle for the ages here. The Mavs win 123 to 111. Chris Ops, him, Hardaway Jr. were out. Kyrie Irving, of course, was out. And Garrett Temple was out at this one. Uh, this is a four-game losing streak now for the Nets. And they were just pummeled by Luka. He had 31 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, and 4 turnovers. He had 15 in the fourth quarter. This is just kind of a one-man show here at the end. And then Seth Curry had 25 points and hit all five of his three-point attempts coming off of the bench in this game. But the bench was actually pretty solid for Brooklyn. They had Musa, they had Chandler, Pinson, Harris, Prince, all these guys, all the uh, all the kind of sidekicks of Spencer Dinwiddie, all coming through with eleven points. Solid all around performance from Brooklyn, but they couldn't stop Luca. Now in San Antonio, the Thunder beat the Spurs 109 to 103, snaps a nine game losing streak in San Antonio for this Thunder team who hadn't had a win since Christmas Day in 2014, back when KD and Russ were still there in Oklahoma. That's some real history there. OKC has won four straight, eight of their last nine games. They are making a run for it, folks. And Trey, Shea was the guy tonight. Shea. What'd you say, Shea? That's exactly what happened. He is so fun to watch right now, man. My early pick, my early favorite for MIP, he continues to get better. He is making a campaign to make the All-Star game this year. I just enjoy really watching him outside of Bam Adebayo and, you know, other guys. I mean, these guys are just continuing to get better, you know, become better pros. But I think the acquisition of Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder uh, being there for him, is helping him become a better player. So um, really enjoying this guy's growth. Yeah, it's been really fun watching the three-point guard attack that they have where it's like every quarter they kind of take turns being the guy that carries the offense. And, you know, I don't know if they're good enough to really win in the playoffs, but they're definitely good enough to make the playoffs, and they've been fun to watch. And meanwhile, the Spurs, they get 52 points out of DeRozan and Aldridge, but that's still just not enough. But ironically, LaMarcus Aldridge went four for four from deep. He's made a three in five straight games, which is the longest streak of his career. So maybe the Spurs are finding the three-point line for uh, all of a sudden. And also Lonnie Walker, another big game for him. He had 16 points and seven rebounds coming off the bench. It looks like he's finally establishing himself in San Antonio's rotation. So let's get out of here soon. Sacramento 
beat the Grizzlies 128 to 123 at home. Marvin Bagley was out of this one. This was the battle of John Morant and De'Aaron Fox. You know, I tweeted during the game, it was like watching one of those videos on YouTube of kangaroos fighting each other where they're just like jumping 10 feet in the air and kicking each other in the chest. I mean, every single time one of these guys went in the air, the other one was right there trying to take them out. And it was like they were playing over the entire field. You know, De'Aaron Fox had 27 points and nine dimes in this game, five steals for him. John Morant at 23 points and seven dimes, also had seven turnovers. Buddy healed another good shooting night. He had 26 points on five for nine from deep. Uh, the aforementioned Rashawn Holmes at 18 and seven, and Triple J had 18 and seven in this game as well. And Jay Crowder actually hit multiple shots in a row in this game. He had 19 points and six times. And then D'Anthony Melton, someone who I really liked in the draft, who's kind of been bouncing around the league uh, trying to find his footing. He had 16 points and five rebounds in this game. So last game of the night, the Clippers obviously beat the Pistons 126 to 112 in LA. No Blake Griffin with his knee injury. This game, Patrick Beverly was out. Uh, Paul George experienced some left hamstring tightness and did not return for the second half of this game. Uh, keep it locked with Jovan Buha, our Clippers reporter for all of the latest Paul George updates. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, Kawhi Leonard with just like kind of a simple game, 18 points, six rebounds in this one, but Montrez and Lou, 23 points, 22 points, respectively, from those two guys. It was just a classic uh, Trez and Lou game. Uh, and Mo Harkless and Jermichael Green had some really nice plays in this one. But Vijo Subach had, I think it was five blocks, his uh, best of his career. was really dominating at the rim in this one. Uh, for Tur- uh, for uh, Detroit, 10 points and 12 boards from Andre Drummond. He was he just wasn't himself in this game. But Bruce Brown, 15 points and six assists coming off the bench. And then Tony Snell, Svi Mikhailuk, and Christian Wood all had 14 points in this game. Now let's get to our line of the night. So, Trey, what would you say is your favorite stat line that you saw in this evening in the association? Uh, Luca Skywalker. Sounds of the the lightsabers he was dishing all over the place in the fourth quarter. So he had 31 points, 13 rebounds, and seven assists in that win over Brooklyn. Uh, I got to give it to Michael Porter Jr. 25 points in 23 minutes. Really, I mean, this guy has just been spectacular ever since he got the start the other night. It's been really thrilling watching him play. And then, of course, Terry Rozier and Jeremy Lamb both had 30 points and six rebounds. But that is going to do it for today's show. So don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like Back to Back, No Dunks, Tampering, and House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. So don't forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic fantastic writing across all major sports all for a super low price you get 40 percent off your subscription today all you got to do you go to theathletic.com slash dings theathletic.com slash dings it's that easy you never know when these promos are going to end so get there soon and don't forget to check out all the coverage on the athletic about david certain's passing there really are some tear-jerking uh fascinating stories you know i've learned so much just in the past day about things about certain that i didn't even know about before my time so it really is worth the read so thank you for waking up with us trey take me out of here ding ding ding